Hey, podcast listeners. It's, it's time to take Buddy for a walk. This is Buddy's owner. And we're doing some Arizona schnoodle walks. Yes, yes, yes. I think I'm going to title this episode 700,000 Podcasts. Yes, yes. 700. I read an article yesterday. Apparently, there's 700,000 podcasts, probably soon to be a million, right? A million podcasts. But this one is Buddy's Owner, Arizona Schnoodlewalks, where we get outside the gate. We're outside the house now. We're walking along some quarter minus. Quarter minus is a kind of gravel, apparently. That's a crush, small. And it's cheap to put down. And mine is probably eroded away. Where I have the quarter minus, I have a vision for some pavers. Yeah, yeah. So it's Tuesday. I believe that's November 26th. Yeah, yeah. It's 51 degrees, a bit chilly. And we're back to Arizona blue skies. Not a, not a cloud in the sky. Just blue. Sun is shining down. And I, I do see some clouds about 40 miles away, I think, because that's how far we can see here. Um, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, here we are. 700,000 podcast. And you're listening to one of them. This is one of those 700,000. So how do you choose your media input, right? Yeah. So I'm making a commitment to do some Pomodoros. So some of you might know what a Pomodoro is, but uh, you can Google it. And what I will tell you about a Pomodoro is that it's basically a timer that you set for 25 minutes. And you tell yourself that's okay for the next 25 minutes, I'm going to focus on nothing but this. And the this is usually for me, anyways, it's writing. But I did do it for cleaning my desk once, you know, so you can use a Pomodoro for a lot of things. But since I'm trying to write, it's important for me to use that tool. So I want to do a couple of Pomodoros before I go to the gym today. And uh, I'm still looking for a job. It's a bit challenging this week because people that are working are kind of like, would rather dream about their Thanksgiving holiday than taking the risk of hiring somebody and bringing them into the fold, right? But there's some activity now. There's uh, uh some things happening. And uh, one was this English company. I still, I, I'm still, I'm still curious if these English guys are a scam. <laughs> I, don't I have a, a high, I don't know, either I'm, sometimes I'm, I go back and forth from being like naive to like, like super cautious. I'm watching these guys, but they make some amazing claims. And I'm like, is this a spoof? I don't know. And I'm a sucker for English accent. So it looks legit, but who knows? 
as long as uh, the, the, the sign for me is, I know I'm being scammed if I have to take $1 from my wallet. Right? That's my threshold. <laughs> as soon as someone asks for $1 out of my wallet, the radar goes on like, okay, what am I getting for this dollar? So, so far, there's been no requests for anything because typically in recruiting world, the employer pays fees. So let's just stay with that. Let's just stay with that. So we're 51 degrees. I think it's 31% humidity because it's drying out. Morning. And uh, uh, i got the sweater around my shoulder. So I wasn't sure if it was how cold it was for uh, this walk. So here we are at uh, 700,000 podcasts. And I read the article and the guy's like, the article's kind of like, I'm done with podcasts. I, I can't stand listening to a podcast. He's like, I can't even stand the ones I like. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand the podcasts I like. So, yeah, there's a lot of talk. Basically, my theory is I kind of like talk radio sometimes. I mean, I got tired of it because basically the talk radio shtick was a theme on something, right? And I, and I probably have to refine my messaging and clarity. It's a bit vague right now. But I think you enjoy it, right? It's just authentic, authentic thoughts from another human being unprepared simply oh here's the uh, home away house i think there's some people staying uh, a couple of vehicles but they could may not be and uh hey they're talking about pavers there's some pavers yeah doing some paver work yeah so um <laughs> yeah the article you know what i mean i was like if I thought my whole future depended on this podcast and I was going to make a podcast the center of my future, I might be concerned about that. But even even if there's going to be a million podcasts in a, in a few months, it doesn't matter. It's just quality. You just put on it's easy access. So I'll probably come out with a new shtick. Podcast, maybe even do it like with super high quality um, acoustics, high fidelity sound, so you can really get the uh, really get the dulcet tones coming through. Because right now we're on the uh, simplistic mobile AirPod Pros. I mean, at least I have Pros. I don't know if they sound any better than anything else. And I was tempted to go back to hardwired earbuds just to see it with the quality sound of light. But you know, it's not really about the fine sound acoustic jazz sounding voice, smooth jazz voice, is it? It's about, we're about content. This is a content podcast. It might even be kind of a book review contest content. 
So uh, I splurged on this guy named Scott Adams. Many of you have all probably heard of Scott Adams. He's a creator of Dilbert cartoons. And he even had a really big bestseller. So for you book writing community people, interested in book writing, Scott's new book called Loser Think includes a few words about his writing, his book writing experience. And uh, I relate to the guy because he's kind of a clever dude. He's rather clever and uh, his style is probably a little bit sarcastic too, but maybe not as much. So he's going through a his own growth and things. And mostly he's getting picked up by conservative um, media. But he's basically on Twitter with his morning. So Twitter's neutral, really, right? It's just Twitter. And uh, there's no host of Twitter. It's, it's self-hosting. So he does its coffee shtick there but he's got a new book called loser think and he priced it at 13.99 on kindle so and he's such a big persuader psychology dude studies that stuff he uh he probably um figured that that's a good price 13.99 now I mean, it is $4 more than $9.99. And probably for first-time authors, it's probably best to stay at $9.99 or a little bit, even $8.99 or something. But he's Dilbert, man. He's got a you know a high-volume sales on one of his books in the traditional way of doing it a couple years ago. And... Uh, there's a chapter on something, which I can't remember, but the story, the story is about how the publisher of his first book, you know, he's like, hey, you know, this is hot, man. People are loving this. This is like taking off like a rocket. New York Times bestseller, Dilbert book. And uh, I don't know if he sold a million copies or what, but basically he said the, the uh, it's about history repeating itself. I guess is the chapter. There's something about concepts that really aren't true. So he's making the point about history repeating itself and it's not always true. So he's saying like, well, I, I wrote this book and I had a million copies or something. And then the publisher's like, dude, you got to get a sequel out. You got to get a second one, new edition. And uh, he did. And then it only sold about half as much. And he talked about how nonfiction writers like himself and then versus J.K. Rowling and other fiction writers. Fiction write people love the fiction writers and the fiction writers can run a series of books because they resonate with a certain audience and the people will buy the next one and the next one and the next one and they like the characters and you can you can just keep rolling out um future volumes on fiction 
but his commentary on nonfiction was basically people will, you may have your first book might be a hit, but if you come out with a second book that's somewhat similar to the first book, he's, his commentary was like, he thinks that people go, well, I already know what he thinks. So I already bought his first book. And now the second book is basically the same thing. So I'm not going to bother buying the second book because it's just like, looks like it's just a rehash of the first one. So since he's not a fiction writer himself, he does like writing. He's doing periscopes and Twitters and daily stuff. And he drinks coffee. It's pretty good life, right? And I I would say it's a pretty good gig if you could get it. But I'm also thinking like, well, why can't anybody do that gig? (laughs) Right? In an indirect way, I'm doing that gig right now. So um, I'm getting practice at it, right? So, and I've been thinking about public speaking and looking at that and, you know, it's just everywhere. Like there's a guy named Brian Tracy. I got an email with him. I don't know who he is, but he's got 43 things about public speaking. And so it's free. So you give the email. And so now I'm going to get bombarded with Brian Tracy emails. And you know what? That's okay. Because that will probably be, it might be me someday. And I just have to get used to that's the way life is because it's about the billion people on the planet. The market's huge, huge. And we all have something to say, don't we? We have something to say. And <laughs> we might as well say it and see who it resonates with. Get it out there. No shame, man. So Scott Adams' strategy now on book writing is to change up the topic. So loser think is not anything like his Dilbert book that came out maybe 20 years ago. I'm not sure when it came out. But he's got a long history of uh, long history of writing. And he's just he's a philosophical dude, thinker. And he's, and he's, no, he, his start's kind of interesting. He was a magician, which he doesn't really talk too much about, but I'm kind of curious how he can bring that magic into things. And it does come into persuasion and arguing and things. So it's kind of interesting. And, uh, I don't know. I just resonate with him. I don't know if he would with you. I mean, he's more like my generation. He says there's an advantage to being older. You know, you get a different perspective. So if you're only a young listener in your 30s, such a young class of people. (laughs) We love you, right? We love everyone always, as Bob Goff would say. Oh, and Bob Bob Goff liked one of my tweets this week. And my... uh, My... uh, undercover tweeting world because I, I love my undercover tweet dude i'm a asian hipster i called i googled up a, i said i want where i need i need a face i need a picture to put on twitter because i was getting blocked a couple of years ago and uh, i just i don't know and you know 
purists are like, oh, you're just a troll, man. I'm like, no, I don't want to have a Roseanne Barr experience, right? I want to be able to speak my mind and not have to, like, lose my ABC TV program. So. <laughs> right. I don't want to lose my ABC program on TV before I even get one, right? So, uh, yeah. So, Wu Chang, baby. Wu Chang on Twitter. Um, and now I have two. I have, like, one Twitter account to talk about football, sports. But I screwed up this weekend because I, I got carried away with my football Twitter account, which has actually my real picture on it. And I try to tell myself I'm going to stick to football on that one. But I got I drifted into a little bit of a political discussion because of Eric Metaxas. I was following him with that. So it's kind of like I use that football one for... I try to stay out of politics with that one because that's what I have Wu Chang for, the Asian hipster who loves everyone always, who's a philosopher contemplating life's deep meaning. That's kind of his that his shtick. So I kind of like, I like Wu Chang. Wu Chang's cool, man. And it's fun to have that. So, I mean, I it's not that, you know, some people would say like, oh, you're just a troll. But my theory on Twitter as a whole is that everyone is a troll on Twitter. And it's like, again, it's the bathroom stall of the internet. You know, you go into the, the bathroom, especially men, you know, boys, high school. Bathrooms were notorious for the ubiquitous, as they say, smart-ass phrase, which was unofficially less than 140 characters, coincidentally. I just, I just, made, that, I just made that up. You put it on the bathroom stall. No, people aren't going to be writing more than 140 characters on the bathroom stall. So that that framework, that Twitter, is simply an electronic version of the bathroom stall. To me, that's the perfect description. And really, the kind of value we should place on Twitter. It's just that everybody can go, oh, look, look what Roseanne Barr wrote on the bathroom, on the stall. Oh, oh, Roseanne did that. Oh, Let's fire her. Let's get rid of her program. She's terrible. Did you see what she wrote on the bathroom wall? <laughs> bathroom stall? Oh, my gosh, right? So so that's the trolling. Everybody's a troll on Twitter. And then there's the self-appointed Twitter police that say, oh, did you see what Roseanne Barr wrote? Oh. So am I drifting? I'm walking my dog. So 700,000, remember? That's the theme of this podcast. 700,000 podcasts. Going to a million. And I'm learning the niche thing, man. It's just about the niche. And I'm just this part of a self-discovery process for me. I like it. It's, it's like I do. I do. It's like this stuff's happening. I have no control over the internet. But there's some... Really great stuff. I have to give a shout out to the book, the book people, the uh, the whole team. They're down in a saw on Facebook celebrating as a team. It's cool. 
and uh, doing their thing. <laughs> There's quietly doing some magic, those people. And I don't even realize it myself how powerful the stuff they're doing. And, and they probably don't even understand it either themselves fully. I mean, they got the vision. They got the idea. It's really cool. But it's sometimes visions have to be experienced, you know? It's like, can you really explain what they're doing with self-publishing and marketing people's books and things? I mean, it sounds pretty straightforward, but living it, doing it, it's magical. So, you know, maybe this podcast is kind of a an unofficial management meeting, encouragement to the troops to keep going, doing the holy work, the highly holy work of helping people get their messages out there. It's magic. I was just told, hey, why don't you try doing a podcast? I have no idea. I really don't know what the, uh, what the person who recommended me to start these podcasts thought was going to happen. I would be surprised if she's like, nope, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen, man. This this podcast is perfect. Perfect for you. And it, and it really, it's only good for me and to articulate freaking ideas I have. And I know I have to focus down, and I love the idea of transforming messaging. I love the build a story brand. But you're the hero. I know you're listening to this, and it sounds like I'm the hero, but I'm not. You are the hero, right? I've kind of made some allusions to that. If you're uh, listening to this and you're part of the new entrepreneur world of internet stuff. And I'm a little concerned about some of the stuff I'm seeing about guys that want to reinvent the internet and include more privacy. But I I don't think, I'm not sure how that's going to impact because the, the, uh, Oh, buddy, you got something on your paw? I'm take off. I gotta rescue Buddy's paw. Such a good doggy owner. He got a little cactus or something. Oh yeah, bud. That's no fun. You can't walk with that on your paw. So his hair's getting longer, buddies, and little burrs and cactus things get on his foot, and then he can't walk. So there we go. He fixed that. So now we're back again in action. Shake it off, bud. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> not. We, we love your do- our dogs. If you have a cat, get a leash. Try walking your cat. I'm I'm all for it. I just I just thought of the analogy with like LGBTQ whatever community. Like, you know, it's it's kind of analogous to people walking their cats on a leash. You know, I'm a dog owner. I have abundance thinking. If you have a cat, and you want to walk your cat with a leash? Go for it, man. What is that to me? What is that to me? Walking your cat on a leash is quite unique, different. But I'm not going to tell you not to do it. (laughs) So that's the abundant love thing. 
And how, did I get on that again? Then? I've been contemplating. I, I I don't. Number one, I I can't. I don't know. I sort of kind of like don't believe that God would send His Son to die on the cross the way they did. And then, you know, as as amazing as that is, and then make it a requirement that you join a church denomination founded in 1850 because the Northerners wanted to end slavery. And so you formed a Southern Baptist convention so that you could keep reading the Bible in support of slavery. And now they kind of run from it like, oh, no, we got to make up for all that slavery stuff from 150 years ago. Yeah, we got to, you know, we really are, you know, we kind of screwed up interpreting the Bible back in 1850. But after 600,000 people were murdered each other, (laughs) we uh, maybe we got that wrong. Oh, gee, maybe you got it wrong, dude. And we don't need to crucify the Southern Baptist Convention. But they got it wrong. And I I don't know why they try to make up for it. They just like shut the whole damn thing down. You know, just get rid of the whole SBC. But people are embedded in it and they love it. So as an outsider, I'm sure most of you, I, I don't know if you're an insider, outsider, it's, it's not our job to correct them and change them, right? And, and uh, to me, as much as I kind of have a disdain for some of their leadership, right? It's like, I got to let it go. I mean, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to argue. It's like the dudes argue and argue and reform. That's my whole message. It's like we've had 500 years of reformation. It's time to move on to the next 500 years of transformation. I have to change. I have to be more loving. I have to be more kind. And you do too as the hero of your life. If you really want to be a hero, go love people, right? Go be kind to people. Micro generosity. And you can do it right away. I'm gonna, The call to action is as soon as this podcast's over, the first person you bump into, whether it's your own family out on the street, the first person, the micro generosity thing to do is to look them in the eye and give them your full attention and just marvel at the creation of God, right? Human life is amazing. And it's been there, as Rob Bell says, the whole time the magic of human life which i think women get instinctively right because they carry these little humans human developing humanoids in their bellies for nine months my gosh i haven't even been unemployed for nine months (laughs) i haven't even been unemployed for nine months that's pretty funny but do you want to go this way all right or do you just want to sniff this dirt is that we got attracted to that blanket? How about we go back this way? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I can look. Oh, okay. 
I'm going towards the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So to the women out there, if you've had children, what a heroic event. But that's not the only heroic event. You had every day during those nine months, you had heroic things to take care of. And you did. Great. So I think um, the public and the social groupings and the communities love big stories that they can all look at and share together like oh did you hear that oh they overcame this did that i wish i wish i had a testimony or a story like that and it's like you do have a story like that you know it's not the complexity the challenge you overcame um, that makes you important it's just that you breathe you you can hear this podcast you it's a you have a functioning brain right it's a miracle and we don't appreciate it enough i don't in my own life still learning so this wall i'm looking at has been mostly painted part of it i don't know if they're still painting it right now or what but that's a lot of paint it's a lot of gallons of paint on that wall, man. You're not sure where Buddy's going here. This is a bunch of cars and trucks out here doing stuff. And here we are. Here we are. So Scott Adams, his plan for writing more, doing nonfiction books, he's got to change it up, man. He's got to have a different topic he comments like malcolm gladwell and i think a guy named mark lewis who i don't know and it's probably good for me not to focus on malcolm gladwell or mark lewis or whoever these guys is and or even scott adams i have to go do my thing i have something to say you have something to say you know whether it resonates with a lot of people or not that's not up to me. I'm to be the prophet. Go to Nineveh. <laughs> Go to Nineveh like, like what was the guy's name again? Jonah. And then he gets, the guys listen to Jonah. And then he gets pissed off. How about that for a lesson? How about that for a lesson? You have a message. You have something to say. It's even from God himself. And you go deliver it. And the people listen to you, and then you get pissed off. Pretty amazing, right? Is there a, what other lesson is there in the Jonah? Just the casual walk your dog, Sunday morning sermon stuff, you know? So Jonah got pissed off, and what was it again? Like he, he was pissed because God forgave, forgave them. Yeah, uh, Jonah wasn't too, too much into the uh, abundant thinking, was he? He was more of a fixed mindset, saying that God's love, grace, forgiveness is reserved for us Jews, us special people. Let's keep it in our bucket. So the bucket mentality, the crab mentality. There's a few videos on that. If, uh, I saw a really good two-minute video on crab mentality. 
So again, I there's I haven't gotten to this book part of the book of uh, loser think, but Scott's gonna he's 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 setting us up for something called the golden age. He calls it, and I think you might be part of the golden age already. And like I said, I think some of this stuff is just happening, right? So uh, I don't know. My role in it is to talk about the holy spirit yeah and you might cringe like oh what holy spirit because i don't own it i don't fully understand it myself but it's not where where would uh love come from oh i think scott adams had some quote about how aliens would come to earth look at all the people and he says, I'm like, these biological robots are programmed to hate each other. <laughs> so, that's, that's, like, that's like the briefest part of the quote I could get to you. I'd have to look it up, but it's, uh, it's pretty funny, right? Aliens come to Earth, look at us and say that we're all biological robots that are programmed to hate each other. <laughs> and... And it, that's a, that's kind of a accurate description of a whole thing, right? And yet there's a little micro tribalism, I guess you'd call it, where we try to love one another in the tribe. What tribe are you in? And because my number two strength is inclusion, I'm not really happy with tribal thinking because I'm more of a Black Eyed Peas song. One Tribe, y'all. Great song. I listened to that once in a while. But it probably should depress me because, unfortunately, it's just a song. And not people. People don't really get it. But we're one tribe, y'all. One tribe, y'all. That's who we are. We are one tribe, y'all. But... Some people don't want to be or recognize other tribes and how they're actually similar. And that we can just love and be kind and accept one another and so forth. And then the arguments, people make arguments like, oh, well, there's bad people in the world. I'm going to stop this and that. And it's like, yeah, there are. That's not going to change. Yeah. And maybe if we love one another, um, and I really like the micro generosity, your action, the call to action today on this podcast, about 700,000 podcasts. And, you know, maybe this is the best, the number one podcast for authentic content. You're listening to it. Welcome aboard. I got something to say, but I'm not sure I got something to sell, right? So you can relax. There is no call to action to remove $1 from your wallet. You can relax. This is all free content. Free. Is it Gary Vanderchuk style? You guys are pretty cool, you know. 
And I just got to do my thing. He's cool. This has a lot of fun stuff to say. But he's him. And you are not Gary. I'm not Gary. But we love Gary. Right? Why not? Abundance thinking. And so maybe that's the golden age. Maybe it's Scott Adams. I haven't gotten that far in the book. But I'm going to put the book down. I'm making a commitment. I'm going to do some Pomodoros. And I'm going to write this morning. Got to get this. Got to wrap it up, people. Kind of like you've been saying, listen to the podcast. Just wrap it up, Mike. <laughs> but no, I got Bud here. And Bud's going to have to walk. He decided he wanted to go a little further. And... Uh, Normal. You took a little different path. And uh, we don't know why. We'll never know, bud. Why did you choose this path today? And uh, it's really easy to love, bud, because he doesn't talk. <laughs> Speaking probably initiates that hatred that. Uh, Scott Adams says that we're pre-programmed to. If you hear words from somebody, it's going to flip you one way. It's going to trigger you, trigger you to, to love it or hate it. Trigger, I can't stand this. I can't stand listening to this. I hope, you know, you wouldn't get this far if you didn't love it. So There you are. Um, so, yeah, still blue sky. I'm pregnant with unemployment. Hasn't been nine months yet. So, call back to the previous discussion. But we'll see what happens. It's only, uh, you know, January. People will get excited for change in January. Let's get excited. Let's hire this guy. This guy is great. He's got strategic thinking, he's got inclusion. He plays well in the sandbox when he wants to, mostly. And uh, what else does he do? Ideation, he comes up with great ideas, brainstormer. Yeah, growth, startup, let's go. But then there's the woo. And I, who doesn't love woo, right? Woo is winning others over. And there's 34 skills and my number four skill is woo woo and i just love doing the woo number five is communication so i i don't know i hope i'm a fairly good communicator i'm a improv communicator that's for sure but uh we'll we'll do uh We'll, we'll circle back to so what, what now, call to action. We'll get it all in. we got a few minutes left to get all that in. And I, oh, I'm looking at a corporate jet flying overhead. Beautiful. Love the corporate jets. Yeah. Yeah. And politically, I love income inequality. Do you realize without income inequality... We, we wouldn't have all this fun stuff that we have, you know? So let's reframe income inequality to abundance thinking, right? Let's just reframe it. If you, if you 
can't stand income inequality and feel that you are entitled to more without delivering any value, then you have a fixed mindset, okay? So let's just call it what it is, fixed mindset. And income inequality is the beautiful abundance thinking. Yeah. How about that? Takeaway today. So you have in your gut, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business of one, you're delivering value. And in Jerry Maguire, the lady says to uh Rod Tillman, we determine our value, baby. We determine our value. And that's kind of cool. And that makes sense to those that have an abundant mindset and that the we're in the golden age of growth. And uh, yeah. So, um, there it is. Bud, you want to go across the street, bud? It's not why did the chicken go to the other side of the road. It's why is Bud going to the other side of the road. And I think it's just, it's a little chilly out. There's more sunshine on this side of the road. And let's try the sidewalk, but he seems to want to go. He does like this new development here. He's he's going to take me through another way because he wants to. And it makes about, I don't know, maybe two minutes difference in the walk at this point. So why fight it? Is there any, any life lessons from Bud in walking? You know, he's, uh, I don't, I don't feel that the need to try to control his path. That's kind of abundant thinking. So you want to go in here. Okay. We're going to go a little different way. It's fine. And, uh, yeah, people are stacking up stuff on their front lawns. So four times a year we uh, have these big pickups right so it's probably coming next Monday after Thanksgiving so any kind of crap you have in your house that you want to get rid of you just bring it out to the street and let people either there's an amazing number of people will go grab your junk and think it's good because it probably is fairly decent but then there's the guys that come by and just like, hey, get rid of all of it. That's good. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. What are you looking at? Your life, you got stuff around you, you're doing laundry, like I say, or driving the car, doing what you're doing. 700,000 podcasts. Wow, you'd have to listen to. There's 365 days a year. Does that mean 
doubling at 700. You have to listen to a thousand podcasts a day to get them all covered. So where do you find value? It's niche, niche. This is a spiritual contest, which, oh, which was hilarious. I read the article about the guy that hates podcasts, even the ones he likes. He said he was talking to some, because everybody's doing podcasts. He goes, this mortgage broker's like, and talking to this guy at a cocktail party. And I don't think the guy has anything to do, the guy that wrote the article. He has nothing to do with the mortgage industry. But his friend, who's got a podcast in the mortgage industry, thinks the guy is kind of interesting. And he needs to fill content on his mortgage broker podcast. So he's like, hey, man, why don't you come on my podcast? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people are searching for content, right? Yeah, make your own content. That's the so what. You have all the content you need in all your life. Even if you're only 25 or 35, you've got lots of content. So much content. And I think we devalue our content, right? We like, uh, Nobody's really interested in uh, an evil aunt that tries to uh, cheat her sister out of part of her inheritance to make her life miserable. Nah, no one's really interested in that story. (laughs) That's my evil aunt. I have an evil aunt. It's a great story. And uh, I knew about it when I was 16 years old. So I had plenty of content when I was 16. What else did I have when I was... Uh, I had content when I was 11, 10, right? My grandfather wrote the book. My favorite... I've got copies of this book. It's hilarious. I love this book. My grandfather's a retired engineer, man, and he he sold his filters in Europe. He was so happy as a Norwegian to go back to Europe and sell his backwash washable filters. But there's one little thing about Europe and the US is the fittings. When you screw something together, if you have a pipe, you know, they have different measurements. We measure things in inches, and European uses millimeters and centimeters, right? And even the temperature, it's probably, I call it 51 degrees Fahrenheit. That's familiar to you, but it's probably like 15 degrees Celsius, right? Something like that. So there's a conversion book. So in like 1969... 1970, my retired grandfather, Helmer A. Ronigan, which is probably not available on Amazon. So maybe I should republish it <laughs> as a joke. And it has one 
redeeming value for all time is my father's quote, John J. Ward, that says, life by the yard is very hard, but life by the inch is a cinch, right? Wow, my dad dad came up with that. And it was inspired because his father-in-law was writing this book on measuring stuff, right? Like metric and this. So it's a book of graphs, of straight lines. And it was the tail end of the heyday of the slide rule. So uh, a lot of things were done with slide rules because they didn't have calculators, digital calculators. So my content as a young child would be when my grandfather came to visit and he was really proud of his book that he spent hours on making these straight line graphs. He would, he would say um, on, the, on the X axis, the bottom horizontal scale would be zero to like 20 inches or something or 24 inches. And on the vertical, vertical scale would be zero to 20 times two and a half is what is that? Two and a half is 50. So 50 centimeters, right? On the Y axis, vertical. And he would draw a straight line on that graph. And if you wanted to know, hey, how many centimeters is 10 inches? And you'd look along the bottom and you'd find the number 10. And it'd have this graph paper in there, the grid on it. And you'd look at the 10 and you'd move your finger up to a straight line and then read across to 25 Point four centimeters. Wow. So it's a whole book of those graphs. I call them straight line graphs. So my grandfather, I, I'm an author. I'm a budding author. I'm a writer right now. But my book's going to have a curve in it. <laughs> my, my grandfather was stuck with the straight lines. Yeah, yeah, straight line. My book's going to have a Gaussian distribution curve in it. So advanced, so complex. But that's the evolutionary growth of of thought. I mean, the straight line had been around for a long time. And the Gaussian distribution goes back to Freddie Gauss, Friedrich Gauss in the 1800s. So we're talking... 150 years too. So um, my, my grandfather had the book. I just happened to have a Texas instrument calculator at that age. And I can remember my grandfather being proud of his book being published. And I'm such a buzzkill. I took my calculator and I said, hey, grandpa, what? look, my calculator can do that too. Let's do it. See, I put in 10 into the calculator and I push these two buttons and it tells me 25.4 centimeters. 
Isn't that cool, Grandpa? This little handheld thing, it has every page of your book built into it. <laughs> and so in the theme of being one-upped by your grandson, maybe my grandson Jackson, when he's like eight or nine years old, will say, oh, Grandpa, I see your book. You've got a curve in it, a Gaussian distribution curve. Oh, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, I don't have a calculator to do it, but I have a rebuilt heart by the surgeon when I was 12 weeks old. So I get it. I have the Holy Spirit. I don't need your book. <laughs> and that's kind of the future of where it should be. Because in Hebrews chapter 8, it talks about a time when uh, no one will ask his neighbor, do you know the Lord? It actually says there will be a time when everyone will know the Lord through the Holy Spirit, basically. Everyone will know. And that really is the Great Commission. Not flogging um, information and the gosh bull to unrage people groups, right? The real Great Commission that God is on is when we get to the point where everyone knows the Lord. And I'm not coercing you. I'm just, because my audience is not someone who uh, hasn't had Christianity drummed into their heads for many years. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's It's got a black slice in it. And the black slice is not really understanding the Holy Spirit and wanting to control other people. And I know the listener, you don't, so what? Of course, you don't want to be, no one likes to be controlled. And you don't have to be controlled by others or what others think because the message has been there the whole time. So, yeah, yeah. So I got to get the curve out there. Get the curve, no more straight lines. And I got to do a Pomodoro because a 25-minute Pomodoro is like living life by the inch. It's a cinch, right? If I live life by the yard, it quickly becomes very hard, right? John J. Ward from the book, U.S. Metric, Metric to U.S. <laughs> by Helmer A. Ronigan. <laughs> yes. There's more 
stories, content that are fun content. You gotta make the gotta make the content fun. It's absolutely one hundred percent true. But to some listeners, it might it might just sound like another opportunity to say, I never heard so much bullshit in all my life. But it's not bullshit, is it? It's the truth. So we're home. That was a rather long walk. And I might have even gone over the time limit. And uh, in which case, I might have to add an appendum. To... Let's see. We're home. And it looks like i got a few seconds left. 56 minutes. We're coming up on the end. So let's wrap it up. 70,000 podcasts. This was probably the best one for you. Make this podcast the best podcast of your week. You can do it because I'm not the hero. You're the hero. And I'm the guide to the guide that is with you every step of the way. So grace, mercy, and peace. Amen.